and welcome to On A Lighter Note podcast, a place to learn all about perinatal mental health. I'm your host, Frankie, a peer support worker from Light. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we've got Elizabeth Hicks. So Elizabeth works within the perinatal service. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Um, So let's start with what do you do? What is a perinatal service? <laughs> what do you do within it? Um, I'm a mental health nurse, a perinatal mental health nurse. We do have um, other staff that are classed as perinatal practitioners as well that mm-hmm. might come from different backgrounds, but my thing is a nursing background. And who might access this service? Um, so we work with um, women who are pregnant and um, women up to the age of one year postnatal at the mm-hmm. moment, and we also do preconceptual. Um, counselling appointments as well. Right. And does every trust have a perinatal service team? Um, that's a good question. I think they probably do now, mm. yeah. I mean, mm. it's um, obviously expanded a lot over the years. It wasn't like this yeah. um, some years ago. Um, it was very sketchy, a bit of a postcode lottery across the country, right. I think, at one point. Um, but obviously money came in through NHS England yeah. um, for expansion of services so that it mm. was a bit more equal around the country, yeah. so that's a really good thing. And in terms of access to this service, is there sort of an eligibility marker of, of who and who can and who can't access perinatal services? Um, yes, in a way. There's, um, I suppose, different thresholds. Yeah. Um, we tend to work with... Uh, what we would class as a more moderate to mm. severe end mm. of the scale um, and that um, other people may use other services like mm. IAPT, mm. yourselves, yeah. so like, um, so mm. that's what we tend to. Okay. And how is it for you working in that environment, in that perinatal mental health world? How do you find that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I've worked in the team for quite some time. I'm one of the well, I'm the first nurse who started working in the survey. Right. So I've ne- I've worked in the team for nine years now, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and it's been really interesting. I, mm. I, I, I suppose I can't see myself doing any other kind of mental health yeah. work. Yeah. I feel like I've sort of found my yeah. niche a bit, if you yeah. like. Have you always worked in mental health? Um, I mean, I've, I've been qualified about 18 years mm. now. Mm. Um, so I started, I did a bit of care work, I think, as yeah. I left college. Yeah. And then I started my training when I was 21 mm. um, to do my nurse training. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing it for a long mm. time now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen changes in that time, particularly with sort mm. of perinatal? Yeah, a lot of changes, I suppose. Um, in the trust mm. in general, there's always configurations and changes. Yeah that happen um, and then in perinatal I suppose I've seen the expansion of the service which mm. has been great because I've seen it from the tiny roots yeah. of um, when it was myself a manager and a, a doctor and an admin mm. so now we've got a team of I don't mm. even know how many yeah. I think it's 30 odd people now yeah um, so it's amazing to see that that growth and development in the service because we're just able to do so much more now and offer yeah. a lot more compared to what we used to be able to do. Yeah. I feel like, um, I don't know if it's just my experience, like the perinatal service 
was like a bit of a hidden gem. Mm. Like I hadn't, I didn't know what that was. Mm. And probably when I needed it, still didn't know what it was until a bit later down the line. And, you know, I sort of then, I don't even know how I I then understood that there was this service there supporting those. Um, In my mind at the time, it was those that were struggling with their mental health after having a baby. I hadn't, Mm. I didn't know that there was even support for those, you know, conceiving or in pregnancy. Um, But yeah, I think, I don't know if many people like me might not even know that this exists, Mm -hmm. that this is there. And I mean, it's so needed, but yeah, yeah, I I didn't have a clue it was there. I didn't know um, at all anything about it until a little bit later down the line. And it's it's so incredible. And I've sat in one of your MDT meetings Mm. uh, um, with yourselves and your colleagues. And it's amazing how many people were in that room and um, the skill set that everyone brings into it was so interesting. And actually the support that's provided, even now I work within this world and have a, a little bit more of an understanding, mm. I still didn't, I don't think I fully understood um, yeah. the level of support and the areas of support and the varied kinds of support that there is available through the perinatal service, mm. um, which was, yeah, really eye-opening to me. Yeah. Um, and really like, maybe really quite proud and like quite reassured, like, yeah. oh, there is help. You know, there, there are people that genuinely care and yeah. are right there and and they're, and they're people too, you know, mm. they're not these scary doctors or whatever. Sometimes yeah. we can sort of get into that headspace. Yeah. 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 yeah I think it's, I think it's more, much more known about than mm. it used to be. Yeah. Um, but, there will still people yeah. that don't know of its yeah. existence, I suppose. And I think that's, it's a bit of mental health um, support services can be a bit of a minefield if you yeah. don't know about yeah. what's where and how to access things. Yeah. It is a bit of a minefield. When you're, yeah. with it, when you're with working within it, take that for granted mm. a bit, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I sort of reflect on my own journey and I know the day that I rang my health visitor to say, you know, I wasn't okay. My mental health wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about perinatal services yeah. at that time. And because that was never said to me, I just said, I'm not okay. And mm. and, and that, that's all I had. I didn't have anything else I could say. And then, mm. and the, the health visitor sort of talked about IAPT and referring to GP and medication and, and things like that, but yeah. never mentioned um, perinatal services. Mm. And that may well be because he might have thought that, you know, I wasn't eligible or, or didn't meet the criteria or whatever, or mm. I don't know. Um, yeah. But unless, you know, you know about these things, sometimes, you know, you don't know what there is available. Um, yeah. Or if somebody doesn't mention it to you, you will you never know. And you sort of just go, okay, well, you know, I just crack on then or, or I'll ring yeah. my GP or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And now I sort of reflect on it and think, gosh, I wish you'd have said, mm. oh, there's a perinatal service that, that might be beneficial you know yeah. I really wish he'd have said it and I don't know if I actually would have met um the criteria to have mm. uh, to have been supported or not but um yeah I sort of wish I'd have known about it a little bit sooner yeah um for then to go on to have a second baby to know it's there because I still yeah. didn't know even by the time I had that second baby I still didn't know yeah. about it um yeah. and I think that can give a lot of trust in like that there is help there's yeah. someone there yeah. people there I mean you are relying on the professionals that you talk to yeah. to know, aren't yeah. you? In that yeah. case, you need your health visitor, your midwife, mm. your GP. Mm. They need to be in the know yeah. about yeah. us as a service. Yeah. If you yourself 
don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, um, there's a lot of situations like that when you maybe are trying to conceive or you get pregnant or mm. childbirth, postnatal period. You don't know what you don't know. And, you know, yeah, like yeah. we just sort of grow up with, you know, right, don't get pregnant because it's terrible as a teenager. That's yeah. all you hear. Yeah. And it's like, that's the extent of our knowledge. And I remember going, right, okay, let's try for a baby. Yeah. I didn't know how, like, I didn't know how to conceive, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I didn't know anything about my cycles and ovulation and yeah. my hormones. I didn't understand pregnancy. I had no idea about childbirth. Like, yeah. I realized, like, how little mm. I didn't know. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't asking a lot of questions because I didn't know I didn't know yeah. until afterwards. And then yeah. you go, oh, gosh. There's so much to learn, aren't there? Yeah, just... yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and nobody can necessarily tell no. you all this stuff, can no. you? It, like sometimes knowing stuff scares you to death. Absolutely, almost, yeah. When people yeah. pass on all their stories. And yeah, and I think I hear and... that a lot in my work. You know, I wish I'd have known, you know, being a parent, being a mum mm. was going to be like this. And I always, sometimes when I hear people say that, sometimes I think I'm sure there was somebody saying, this is really hard. I'm yeah. really struggling, but you, maybe you don't hear it in the same way until you've experienced yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot about what your expectations are mm. of what pregnancy, motherhood, mm -hmm. parenting, mm -hmm. of what all that's going to be like. Yeah. And the expectations and the reality can be quite different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in your experience, and I think there are statistics, I'm sure, around this as well, but in your experience professionally, um, those that might have needed support um, with their mental health, whether it's in pregnancy or postnatally, if they go on to have subsequent children, are they more likely to need that support again? If you've had it the first mm. time, if you struggle the first mm. time around. I think so. I think yeah. there's a vulnerability there and there's an yeah. increased level of risk there that mm. you might mm. well struggle again. Yeah. It's not a given. It's not no. like something that's definitely going to yeah. happen, but there's definitely a vulnerability there yeah. that's worth thinking about. Yeah. I think that through. was um, when I had a diagnosis of postnatal depression and anxiety, my first question was, if I have more children, will, I, will this happen to me again? Yeah. Um, and I was quite scared of the repercussions, not even of scared mm. of, you know, that moment, it was, mm. will this happen again? Will this impact, you know, my children in the future or myself in the future? Yeah. Um, which I think could make people not reach out for help because mm. it's almost easier to pretend the problem's not there. And yeah. But then at the same time, it gave me that confidence that if I was to struggle or feel like this, mm. I think I'd be more likely to speak up sooner. Yeah. Because I know that there is support there. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And is there, again, in your experience, have, have you sort of seen, is there different levels, different numbers needing support in pregnancy than in the postnatal period? Or is it quite similar? Or do you find more needing support postnatally? Um, I mean, we get a mixture, but I yeah. think statistics that we've got for the team show that we do get quite a lot of referrals in um in the antenatal period so right. in pregnancy yeah. probably more so oh, than, really? than people expect yeah because like you said I, a lot of people just have postnatal yeah. depression in mind and yeah once babies i would expect it to be postnatally yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, th I think like the reasons why i sort of had that um like sort of preconceived idea around it was often in pregnancy you might still be working and if it is your mm. first baby you've still got sort of that life that you've had previously there and and the 
you know when the baby's born that's when see things everything seems to change but yeah. I guess not always the case yeah and I suppose there's a lot going on in your body mm. isn't there you know there's mm. all these hormonal changes yes I think we don't fully understand no. the impact of hormones really no. um so I think that's does make a big difference mm. to and if people have got some pre-existing problems mm. or vulnerabilities perhaps trauma or anxiety things can exacerbate in yeah. the pregnancy yeah um you know it might be that somebody's been well for quite some time yeah. but it brings up and triggers things Something, from yeah. before yeah. sometimes yeah yeah and how do you find it working you know, potentially with those that might trigger something within you. How how is that for you? Um, I think I suppose you kind of get used to it yeah. over years of doing it because yeah. I mean we are listening to a lot of people's stories, um, and we hear some difficult things. You mm. know, it can be quite emotionally mm. draining, I suppose, at times. Mm. Um, yeah, but you learn to cope and deal with that mm. through. Mm you know the work that we do when we have obviously supervision yeah. and other outlets for ourselves as practitioners yeah. yeah to work through yeah i imagine it must be really quite difficult i know i um you know similar to yourself hear a lot of mm. stories that you know they're, they're really heart-wrenching some of them yeah. and you do you know find yourself become quite emotionally attached sometimes Definitely and can't help it. yeah and i guess that's probably why you do the job that you do because mm. you care but then that can become almost a bit of a hindrance because you do get so attached um but I imagine you know for me I often work with families who are um not on the severe end of sort of yeah. mental health issues so yeah. I imagine it must be quite difficult sometimes to hear some of these stories it can be it can be mm. um because you really feel for people you know yeah it's, yeah that's part of the the job and what's expected I mm. suppose to be able to have that empathy yeah. with people yeah. and to be able to put yourself in mm. somebody else's position and think what it might be like mm. for that person in their situation put yourself in their shoes I think yeah that you have to do that within the job role mm. otherwise you wouldn't be able to feel it and yeah. understand I suppose you, yeah. you, I suppose you, you can't understand that exact situation because you're mm. not that person living mm. that life living that experience but um we need to be able to imagine what it's like yeah. for that person yeah yeah I think the biggest thing as well that sort of hit me since working in the mental health world and particularly perinatal and often working alongside mothers as mm. well and, and obviously I'm a mom and um just like the compassion and empathy that is felt you know and and I'm sure lots of people listening will have this where you know you might feel judged or embarrassed about a certain situation mm -hmm. or you don't want people to know or what will they think of me and actually in my experience and working alongside sort of any of the perinatal services that I've worked alongside there really isn't any of that judgment mm -hmm. it really is just empathy and care and compassion that is all that is there there is no judgment there's no stigma and even though i you know i thought i was quite open-minded and i know there's other other open-minded people yeah. think i still had a bit of stigma attached to mental health mm. and now working a little bit more in this world i really realize like 
actually most people just care. Yeah. They really, you know, we judge ourselves so harshly. Yeah. Others really don't. Um, and I know when I, I sort of sat in with your team, that really was the feeling of just compassion. Mm, oh, that's nice to yeah. hear. I'm glad you felt that. I, and I, I think I actually said at the end, like, oh, I just want to tell you all my problems. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. can all help me and sort me out. Because that's how it felt. And yeah. um, I guess, like, for me, peer support, it is very much almost building those friendships on mutual mm. trust and understanding. Mm. And I know for you, from a professional capacity, it's slightly different to that. But I still felt that trust yeah. and that care and that connection with those individuals that you were supporting. Yeah. Um, which I guess I didn't expect, even though I know lots of professionals and they're all lovely, great people. Yeah. I think I still have this thing in my head where professionals are like, you know, yeah. a different breed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to like me, like the normal people, yeah. you know, yeah. um, which is probably a bit unfair of me. No, I think people, you know, some people might have that impression oh. and um, I think it's hard to let your guard down, isn't it? Yeah. And to um, open up and share what's going on for you because mm. a lot of people will mask things keep mm. things hidden keep things to themselves not necessarily want to tell other professionals um they might not even want to tell a partner yeah. sometimes what's going on for themselves and yeah. on in their own head but because it's quite hard to to reach out and ask for help sometimes isn't yeah. it and um just hold your hand up and say yeah I am struggling at the minute mm. I think that can be really hard for people so I think it's a brave step mm. when people are able to do that mm. and just let somebody know and get the help that they need mm. um, and yeah some of that is around stigma and mm. um, lots of different reasons but I suppose we just want to encourage people to yeah. come forward to seek yeah. help to, to reach out Mm. Um, do you feel the stigma like the taboo attached to perinatal mental health do you think that's lifted in your experience as a professional over the years um i think it's reducing mm. definitely i think with more awareness with the expansion in services mm. with you know provisions like yourself and mm. um it always helps when there's somebody on TV, doesn't yeah. it? Or somebody famous yeah. that kind of comes forward and yeah. opens up and said, this is what happened to me, this mm. is what, what I mm. went through. Um, it was hard during that time. I mm. think anything like that is really useful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think it's still there. We, mm. You know, we still see women who just really struggle with the idea of being involved with our mental health service at all. Yeah. It really freaks them out, some yeah. people, just to... Because they don't want it to be happening. Nobody yeah. does. You don't want to be struggling. You and don't want to feel rubbish. Yeah. I think um, that can sometimes be, I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but in my experience, I definitely feel in the people I know, my family, like there's a generational idea of like, you can choose how you feel, mm, you know, keep calm, carry on, like, yeah. and, you know, maybe some of us still think, oh, I can just, I'll just choose to be all right and be happy and everything be great. So, you know, I don't need mental health support because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be stronger and I'm yeah. going to choose a different path. And, you know, we wouldn't say, you know, if our leg's broken, we don't say, well, I'm going to choose for it to not be broken and it won't yeah. be, it's yeah. broken. So, yeah. and I think actually some, and I know in my experience, the older generation in my life mm. do have that mindset. Yeah. Um, of 
And actually, again, probably general generalizing, but in my experience, the men in my life right. have the idea of, well, just choose mm. <laughs> to be happy or choose not to be miserable, choose not to be depressed, choose... And, you know, it, sometimes it does shock me that like that's still, I think, a belief of some people. Yeah, yeah I think it's mm. still out there, isn't it? And then mm. it's all those things that stop people from yeah. saying how they're feeling, isn't yeah. it? Because they think that people won't understand and they won't get yeah. it. Or somebody in their life, even their family, mm. doesn't get it or mm. doesn't can't understand why yeah. they're being like they are. Yeah. Why they're not just not enjoying it and yeah. why they're not... Everything's yeah. not how they expected it to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, having a baby, it's sunshine and rainbows and wonderful and great. And a lot of the time, it really isn't. Mm. But that is the idea that society's put on us. Mm. And, you know, and often people might have wanted a child, a family for a long time. They might have tried and mm. tried. And so then when it isn't, you know, sunshine and rainbows, like, you know, we've made been we've been made to believe it is, it can feel really shocking and disappointing yeah. and upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I know I definitely experienced that. I had struggled um, to conceive and then I lost babies. So then when I had mm. my two babies and it was awful yeah. and really hard, I remember thinking, but this is all I ever wanted. Yeah. And now I have these two amazing babies and I'm miserable. Yeah. And just being, you know, thinking, like, well, I'm obviously not, mum material I'm not a good enough mum mm-hmm. and, and that was the thinking but you know now in a, in a more rational place I can see differently but yeah. I think that's quite a common theme as well amongst yeah, especially new mums and yeah. dads as well yeah I think it's that guilt as well mm. and say of the, why am I having these thoughts why am mm. I thinking these things I yeah. should be like this I should yeah. be doing x y and z yeah yeah do you get many men access perinatal services or is it no, um, we're not sort of currently commissioned to work right. with um, men as such. We mm. um, work with partners mm. of, of the the women mm. that are under our service, um, and things are due to be changing. Yeah, um, there's new care pathways that are coming in. Mm that we will be working towards yeah that sort of expands on what we offer Mm. to yeah some partners yeah and do you feel working in this field has changed sort of you and your outlook on your own sort of personal experience of life and parenthood and um yeah I mean I suppose that's part of why I wanted to talk things mm. through today as well, just going back to what mm. we were talking about before in terms of stigma and mm. breaking down barriers. It's just because um, I've got two children, mm. you know, and, and and you can't help thinking about your own yeah. experience within your, your work life. And, and mm. there's, there's, there's parallels um, for me mm. in, in my workspace just because... Um, I've had perinatal mental health mm. experiences myself. Mm. Um, so my daughter's eight years old mm. um, now, um, and um, I was already working in perinatal services when I became pregnant. Right. Um, so that were, I don't know, that were a funny experience, mm. as it were. Anyway, mm. just being pregnant in in that kind of service, yeah. I suppose, were. Um, strange really just Mm. because of 
maybe feeling in that vulnerable state myself being pregnant and hearing other people's stories at that time yeah. um i can remember thinking when if i heard stories about losses mm. um so like maybe seeing a mum who's had a stillbirth mm. before and things like that was quite mm. upsetting yeah. for me at the time yeah um and i suppose the more the longer that i worked there during my pregnancy i suppose i was more and more aware of all the things mm -hmm. that could potentially happen to yeah. me so yeah. i suppose a bit like a midwife where you might um have a deeper understanding of mm. all the physical complications mm. and things that mm. may or may not go wrong during the yeah. labour for example for me it was like that but with mental health yeah. so it, it was I wouldn't say I was overly worried about it but it was in the back of my mind yeah. about these things that happen and yeah. can happen to women yeah. and that therefore that could happen to me like yeah. I'm not any different yeah. to anybody else so yeah it yeah. could happen to me and then actually and did yeah um mm. uh, and how was that experience of you know sort of the realization oh you know I'm I'm I am struggling with my mental health now and you having seen everything mm. that you'd seen through your profession how did that feel for you um I think I found it hard to be honest yeah. yeah because i mean for me it was quite early days postnatal mm -hmm. um, i was still in hospital at the time um and i was really sleep deprived yeah. as a lot of women yeah. are yeah. in those early stages um and essentially i started to i started to develop some manic type symptoms mm. really mm. um and i knew that i weren't right yeah um i mean i was i were acting so i was starting mm. to act out of character for mm. myself mm. um and i think i had some recognition of that yeah um but i didn't say anything yeah. because um i just desperately wanted to get out of hospital mm. the environment was really difficult for yeah. me i found it yeah um just all the noise and they'd been on a, a you know on the base yeah with all the babies crying mm. all the ins and outs of the staff mm. being able to hear other people's stuff what was yeah. going on um yeah the, i found the environment really difficult and my baby was uh jaundice mm. as well and needed the light treatment yeah so that were really hard because I had to take her in and out of the yeah. incubator. I was I was breastfeeding and I yeah. was sort of worried that whether she was feeding enough and um, but needed to be in yeah. the incubator to get yeah. the treatment. So that was um quite a tricky balance. Mm. Um so yeah, I had this recognition that I wasn't really quite right, but I just didn't say anything because mm. I didn't want to delay getting out essentially yeah, yeah. but ultimately it was my mum that spoke to the right. staff there and said and she recognized yeah my mum said um elizabeth's not right she's not mm. her normal self mm. and she'd she'd said it to one of the pediatricians on the ward i think that were um, right. doing some kind of check on yeah on my daughter and then it just kind of all blew up from there really so yeah um yeah i think it would just the response that I got from staff, I think, mm. seemed to change at that point. Right. I felt, yeah, um, yeah. I felt a bit like 
they looked at me different mm -hmm. and I was just that mad mad yeah. woman in yeah. the room that were that was a bit scary probably because yeah. by that point I was quite um assertive, I were a bit mm -hmm. I was feeling really angry, I was feeling yeah. really irritable. Mm. Um I was saying things to like there weren't that block in my head I suppose. Yeah. So there weren't that filter. Yeah. So anything that I was thinking yeah. had just come out. Mm -hmm. So if, even if that was something to do with what staff were doing at the time, I'd just mm. tell them how yeah. it was in my mind. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, yeah, it just became quite difficult. Mm. It mm. was more difficult as time went on. Yeah. And then obviously by that point, they knew that things weren't right. Mm. And then that's when I got assessed and mm. um, people came to see me and mm. I started to have, you know, I had an assessment essentially mm. by, mm. Um, it were like a liaison psychiatry and crisis right. type staff that came yeah. to see me on the ward yeah. there because there wasn't a perinatal service no. at the time uh, in my area. So yeah, that I think I found that really weird as well, just being mm. assessed when I'm used to the one yeah. that's doing the assessment. Did you feel quite self-aware of, I know what's happening here because I do this day, or, or was did it feel distant? You know, um, was the experience, how did it feel? I think it felt a bit like, well, I was scared as well mm. because I, were, I was scared that I didn't want to let people know fully how it was because I'd got in my mind this picture of worst case scenario. Yeah. So I'd got in my mind, um, I'm going to get detained under mental health mm -hmm. act. I'm going to get my child removed. I'm going to, yeah. everything's just going to fall apart. Yeah. I'm going to lose my husband. I'm going to lose yeah. my house. Everything was just going to go yeah. completely pear-shaped. Yeah. Um, so I think I were holding back at certain stages. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, and the yeah, the the whole assessment thing for me was just a bit strange. But I, mm. that must have been a very, I mean, challenging experience, regardless of you know what your profession is. But you know, to you're not there at work, but mm. part of you is going right. Well, what is the outcome of this assessment yeah. that you're doing on yourself yeah. in a work capacity but you're not yeah. there in a work capacity that must have been really yeah. really challenging for you. I think you. it kind of carried on a bit like that once I got home because I was referred on to home treatment and mm. I had an episode of home treatment mm. um, and I think I was conscious of um, what might help at certain stages I think there were times when I was kind of going with it mm. and things were getting worse for a period of time because mm. I just got it in my head that I just needed to be at home in my own environment mm. I'd get some sleep and everything and yeah be fine. yeah but it didn't go yeah. that way it did get worse before it got better mm. Mm. um and and part of me knew the things that had helped I think mm. and I was trying all those things mm. Mm. um but yeah, again, that's that. I think that was the dilemma of stuff being in the knowing of. Yeah. I knew. You knew too much. Yeah, I knew too yeah. much. Yeah. And, um, but then I knew things that helped as well. So it yeah. was kind of a bit twofold, yeah. really. I, I mean, I were having really awful nightmares, really mm. disturbing dreams of, mm. like, what could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Oh, that must have been so yeah, hard. Yeah, it were yeah, because I, again, I was just I was just seeing the worst case yeah. 
yeah. worst case. And again, be. this, you know, newborn bubble that mm. we get told we're going to be full of love and it's going to be euphoric and beautiful and there's going to yeah. be butterflies and rainbows and actually sometimes it really isn't like that at all. It is the opposite. Yeah. And for many, it can be the worst, hardest time in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, um, yeah, it's definitely the, it's the most difficult mm. thing I've ever gone through mm. in my life. I've not experienced mental health difficulties before no. this point in my life. So mm. I think I was almost a bit traumatised by being unwell, yeah. almost. Yeah. That it was just alien yeah. to me to feel those things. Yeah. Um, and that's scary, that, you know, that foreign feeling of, uh, and I was like yourself, I'd never struggled well, knowingly struggled with my yeah, mental health yeah. um, before having children, and I, it felt very foreign. I mm. felt almost like the ground was going from, away from me, or like my knees mm. were going from under me a bit, and I didn't have control. Yeah. And I, and that felt really scary mm. because normally I've controlled everything in my life, and then I was sort of slipping away almost, and it yeah. was yeah, yeah, really quite a scary feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it sort of got to its worst. I was sort of writing big long lists of mm. why I wasn't psychotic. To, I, don't, I think that was almost to convince myself yeah. that I wasn't. Yeah. Um, but essentially things were creeping in. Mm. Um, and I mean, like when I was under home treatment, I did quite a good job of <laughs> bossing them about and telling yeah. them what to do yeah. and keeping them at arm's reach yeah. as much as possible. Mm. Mm. Um, so, but I can remember being on the phone to them in the middle of the night um, on one occasion. Again, ending up speaking to somebody who I used to work with mm. that I didn't click on yeah. at first. Yeah. Um, and, um, yes, but that was at the point where I don't think I was fully psychotic, but it were, it were verging on mm -hmm. that, really. I'd mm -hmm. started to have some quite strange thoughts. I'd started to make connections with different things. Right. Um, I made my husband go out and buy me these specific flowers to put yeah. in the window because I've got this song, this Travis song in my head. <laughs> um, yeah. And that flowers in the window. Yeah. I've got this thing. It just came to me one day when I was putting the washing in. And, um, yeah, and I, I'd kind of got this notion that, um, people in my family that had passed away had right. sort of given me this song almost to mm. to help me to help mm. me sort of recover. Mm. Um, and I think those strange kind of thoughts didn't um, persist. They kind of mm. Mm. drifted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting conversation when I was talking to yeah. her in the middle of the night about that. Have you since had similar conversations as the professional listening to a service user? Um, sort of, have you seen yourself in service users? I think there's been occasions when I've seen people experience something that's um, mm. similar to mm. my experience, mm. yeah. Do you, does that feel triggering for you or or are you sort of just acknowledge it but it, it sits okay with you? Um, I think it sits okay, mm. yeah. I mm. think it's, um, especially 
those early signs of like a psychotic episode mm. happening, mm. like a postpartum psychosis, yeah. it's very much the um, manic type symptoms that can yeah. emerge first. And I think some of those things can get missed by yeah. professionals or yeah. other people that are around or, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't necessarily get picked up as early as it mm. could do sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, like we'd said earlier, until you sort of have that experience mm. firsthand, you don't know, you yeah. know. And, and for many of us who maybe who haven't experienced or don't work within that field, you know, if someone is a, is having a, a manic episode, you don't mm. always know what that looks like, how that yeah. presents, what that yeah. is. Um, obviously, your mum sort of recognised something within yeah. you wasn't what it you know what it normally is wasn't mm. characteristic but mm. did were you then sort of able to almost like self-diagnose like this is you know whatever it was was you able to see I that think I did at one point yeah mm. I think at, I think I was telling myself that um that it were like a, a manic type episode mm. or um mm. at a lower level I, yeah I kind of yeah didn't want to fully connect with the idea that I might have a postpartum psychosis mm. and, um, mm. and I didn't get diagnosed with that yeah. at the time. Mm. Um, I think I, when I saw the consultant, I can remember saying, oh, I think it's like hypermania, I think mm. it's mm. this, and they went along with that. And, right. um, but because um, I had a second child mm. later on, I did get seen by a, um, a consultant psychiatrist again yeah. within the perinatal service this time. Yeah. Um, based on my previous experience mm. and they did say that they thought that it was mm. a postpartum psychosis that I'd had right. the first time around. And how, I've got loads of questions on that, mm. how was your experience with your second child? Um, great, I, were, mm. I remained um, well throughout mm. my pregnancy, mm. I remained well afterwards. Mm. Um, were, it, you, were you sort of anxious? I think I was a bit anxious mm. yeah because you just never know and obviously no. having had that experience the first time round I knew that it put me at an increased yeah. risk of it happening again yeah. um so I obviously had that awareness but I was I suppose it's just hoping isn't it? just yeah. hoping that it's not mm. going to happen again mm. and it was just nice mm. to have a positive experience after the first time because I think initially I was like there's no way I'm having any more children. Yeah. I can't possibly go yeah. through anything remotely like that again. Yeah. I just don't want any more kids. Um, yeah. And then obviously time passes, yeah. years passed. And then I got to the other point where I was like, actually, I do want another child. Yeah. And I would like things to be different. Mm. Um, and I, th I think I hear that with women that I see sometimes mm. in wanting another child, of mm. wanting a different experience. Mm. And yeah. And obviously sometimes that works out and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, luckily for me, it, it was did. okay the second time. Yeah. Do you ever share your experiences, your personal experiences with those that you work, service users that you work with? Um, I have done on occasions, not mm. often. Mm. Um, it has to feel appropriate, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. um, because I'm conscious of not, it's not, 
you know, it, I don't want to put on what they're going through. No. It, it has to feel like there's some purpose yeah, or benefit. Yeah, it has to be necessary, yeah. yeah. why I might share that. Mm. Um, mm. But if it does feel relevant, mm. then I'm happy to share For a little sure. bit of yeah yeah my experience yeah mm. yeah I asked that because um in a similar to way a way to you my experiences with my two births were mm. quite different and my first was quite a traumatic birth that led to sort of mental health issues and yeah. PTSD and my second didn't and it was mm. a much more positive experience and yeah and and sort of obviously within my job as peer support I am sharing my personal experience all the time and and, mm. and I do that when it's necessary um, but when it's suitable, I will often share that that subsequent experience was very different. Yeah. Um, and that can give a lot of hope to lots of mm-hmm. um to people who might have had similar experiences to me first time round. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's not appropriate to share that, and it it does yeah. it you know that doesn't necessarily sit right. So yeah. I don't always, but um you know I wondered if that if you might have had that um you know sharing of that completely different experience that you had. Yeah. Subsequently. Yeah. Um, I think there's always a bit of hesitancy mm. there in terms of not oversharing, mm. um, just because it's kind of drummed into you a bit mm. in your training, yeah. or it was to me yeah. back then, it almost mm. felt like a complete no-no to yeah. share anything remotely personal about yourself mm. that mm. that were frowned upon, but I think yeah. that times are changing and that, mm. um, you know, as healthcare staff as mental health care staff mm. we're inevitably going to have yeah. mental health difficulties yeah. ourselves mm. at some point exactly. in our lives yeah. sometimes yeah um and it's all right to mm. share that with some people some of the time you know yeah. it's 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 something that I'm not embarrassed about I don't feel ashamed about no. um it's just something that happens yeah um, and I and I get statistically, yeah. you know, whatever environment, whatever job you work within, yeah, probably someone within that, you know, workforce is going to have mental health issues, yeah, you know, a, around whatever you know topic it might be, yeah. um, so and and I, you know, like the when I was sort of mentioning earlier about seeing professionals and it's almost you know there are different mm. you know and and often I'll go to conferences where I'm talking to medical professionals yeah. and I'm there as a peer support worker and I always say like oh I'm the normal one you know I'm just here <laughs> as a normal person and yeah. and I'll joke about that and but I think like yeah because that mm. training of like you don't share anything personal mm. you don't overshare you keep it professional you keep that boundary yeah. there does make you know you as a service user then sort of feel mm. quite separated and I think yeah. that's where the judgment feeling might come in that it probably isn't mm. happening but it does feel you know oh well they're not normal like me or yeah. you know yeah. um the other thing I wanted to ask you was how was it returning to work after your experience with your first well both um I think I think it's I mean it takes time for anybody to go yeah. back to work yeah absolutely so I think it's a challenging time to You've had all that time off, mm. um, and you've been doing your own thing yeah. in, at yeah. home, haven't you? And then you're back in this world of work. But mm. I suppose, in some ways, I felt like the experience could have helped me potentially in my work. Mm. So mm. there were a positive yeah. slant and angle on it that yeah. it can only be a good thing, really. Yeah. To yeah 
know a bit more about what it's like from a personal yeah. point of view. Um, I don't I suppose it, but there will have been some challenges, mm. I think, mm. and some adapting. Um, yeah. For those that you then return to work who might, you know, might not have known your um, experience, did you share that with them or how has it been sort of with colleagues? Um, Even now, you know, do you ever share that experience with them? I, it's a bit like mm. what I said before, mm. really. It's something that I don't talk about every day, obviously. No. Um, but I have spoken to colleagues about it. Um, not everybody in our no. team, you no. know. Um, again, it's where it feels relevant and appropriate to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mind bringing it up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess I asked earlier, sort of, working in this world, did it affect, you know, you becoming a parent and how you mm. felt there? But becoming a parent, has mm. it affected you at work? Has, you know, is it the other way around? Do you feel you practice in a different way now? Um, having experienced what you have personally? I suppose so, yeah. Well, I mm. suppose I don't know whether it's, obvious or yeah. that I'm doing that in a conscious yeah. way but mm. I suppose that mm. the way I listen and speak and mm. respond to people I suppose it's gonna filter mm. in because you can connect with mm. um, other people's experiences yeah. even though it's not necessarily the same thing no. Um, no. you can just make those connections and mm. know what it's like to be sleep deprived <laughs> or to be mm. feeling yeah you know, that you're really struggling and, mm. um... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine, you know, this sort of work, you can't help but bring in, you know, you and your personality. And mm. obviously all of our experiences will impact us and make up who we are. So yeah. you are talking and dealing and supporting people. You mm. know, it, it's very sort of personal work almost, isn't it? So I guess it will always come into your practice to an extent. Yeah, to a degree. Mm. I think, mm. yeah, like, but not even realising, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah, Because much of mental health nursing is talking, essentially. Yeah. You know, it's a funny kind of job, really. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. a bit of a mixed bag of mm. things when somebody Absolutely. says to you, what do you do? And you try and, like, <laughs> specify what actually it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my mum thinks I'm a midwife still. Yeah. Because that's probably the easiest thing yeah. to say to her <laughs> friends. Yeah. She's not right at all. I'm absolutely not. But yeah. okay, mum. Something close to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's been it's really, really interesting to hear your story and your journey. Um I find it just you know, when you you know, you, you see names on letters mm. and or like job titles and like the NHS job titles just crack me up sometimes because yeah. they are I mean, who knows what that person does as a job because I've not even ever heard of some of those yeah, words. Yeah. And that, I know for me, has always been very daunting. Even mm. professionally, you know, I'm meeting such and such a, and I think, oh my gosh, I don't yeah. know who this person is and yeah. it's scary. And, and actually everyone that, I, that I've met mm. is a person yeah. with their own journey, with their own stuff. Yeah, and coming at, you know, this work, supporting others mm. with their own experiences and and that's been really nice and positive and everyone mm. is just normal yeah. <laughs> you know and it's ish. yeah <laughs> it's ish, as normal be. as we can be yeah. <laughs> but it's just great you know to hear your story and share it and 
hopefully for those listening it's you know there's there's a journey behind each person that you meet yeah. um even if they're not sharing it necessarily you know yeah. not everyone's this you know a scary medical professional in, mm. a, in a uniform and a clipboard it's it really yeah, isn't like that yeah. um so yeah thank you I'm really really grateful for you just being so open about it um right. I think it were on the cards I've yeah. kind of it's always been something that's lingered there in the background of, yeah do I want to talk about this a bit more or not mm. and I have spoke a little bit before on training and mm. and bits and bats but I think yeah I think, I think it's, it's just so it. useful like people's experiences is so beneficial mm. like statistics and stats and all of that is great but actually listening to experiences and listening to you know how someone felt about a conversation or the way something was said or mm. the words that were used or you know it's you can yeah. gain so much from that and you know I know myself when I go in and speak to trainee midwives mm. often I'll say you know this language was used and that impacted me so much you know and yeah. it might not even seem like quite you know, big things, it's often yeah. small things that, you know, anecdotal information mm. is so important. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, and for professionals as well, I think, to share yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much for your thank time. You. <laughs> thank you for listening to On A Lighter Note podcast, brought to you by Light a pre- and postnatal peer support charity covering Sheffield, Rotherham, Doncaster and the surrounding areas. If you feel you'd like to learn more about light or any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please see the links in the episode description. Music